Hi, I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. We're back, we being myself and all the various people I talk to in my head. Episode 50, Breakups. I felt like it was important to just sort of address elephant in the room, I guess, or take um, let real life influence, give inspiration in a topic. But I think I felt really, I mean, Nina and I are fine. We're friends. It's all good. However, I do think the way I felt with this evolving was like it was a true breakup. And so I wanted to honor that. And I have a definition for you. Breakup, noun, an act or instance of breaking up. The breaking, melting, loosening of ice and spring. I like when, (laughs) oh, Merriam-Webster, like when they give us the example sentence without letting us know that that's, you know, what we're getting. Uh, Breakup verb, to cease to exist as a unified whole. B, to end a romance, to lose morale, composure, or resolution, especially to become abandoned to laughter, which I really like. But let's go back to this, to cease to exist as a unified whole. I mean, I do know a little bit about y'all because something that we get asked or have been asked the most about is breakups. And I'll be honest, it's it's been less about romantic and more about friends and communities and work. And I found that super interesting. You know, I found it really interesting that it felt like a lot of people had a lot of questions and grief around fractures, you know, that they didn't know what to do with, which I think is really fair. A lot of times with breakups, it seems like there's a couple different categories and there's the form of breakup that's really clear and you're like, oh, I I know what happened or, you know, like something bad happened or whatever. And then there's like this whole other category where things are unclear, you know, and you don't know what happened and things like that. And I think for me, this recent, what it stirred up for me was this, the deep sadness that can come from a form of breakup where you really do accept and know there's no other option than this. And I think that I did understand and I do understand for Nina and I and How to Be Human that like it it was true. It was that form of breakup in the sense of it, things would have come to some sort of probably negative head because resentment would have grown. You know, if I had asked Nina to stay on, she wouldn't have been honoring herself. And I think that that's like, for the most part, we can kind of cruise around in life and we don't have to think that much about it. But breakups for me have definitely, I don't know, maybe been a theme in my life. I think maybe they're a theme in everybody's. I feel like the first time I ever broke up with someone, I remember it so vividly. It was like, I don't know, in my early 20s. And when I had to like, really, it wasn't a us realizing like this isn't working or fading away or whatever, like, but a, I do not love you and I do not want to be with you anymore. And 
it was like the worst I've ever felt. I can still remember that. And it was such a lesson for me too in like self-betrayal because I had kind of gotten wrapped up with this guy because he had a big crush on me and I went out with him and I just kind of got like swallowed whole and like didn't know how to get out, you know, like he told me he loved me very quickly. He was saying things like, as far as I'm concerned, I've met the woman I'm going to marry. And I was like 22, 23. I was like, dude, I can't even tell you how far away marriage is for me. Almost 20 years later, still not married. So baby me was correct. It was very far away for me. And I didn't know how to speak up. I didn't know how to say. And when I would say to him, like, I'm feeling a little pressured. This is moving a little too fast. You know, like when I would say some of that stuff, he would sort of gaslight me and be like, oh, you've just never been in a serious relationship before. And I mean, true, he was correct. But also how I felt was how I felt, you know, and it inevitably was, I I remember it, it was, I mean, this was so long ago. And yet I remember I got up, I had to go to the, the dentist and I had gotten up and I was making myself breakfast and he was like getting all upset that I hadn't made him breakfast as well. And I was like, I'm running late. I have to eat because I'm going to the dentist and I'm going to be there for hours and I'm not going to be able to eat afterwards. And he was just like being this big baby. Anyway, went to the dentist and then I just was like, I don't want to go home. I don't want to go back to him, you know? And I sat outside on a corner and talked to my mom (laughs) and she was like, you got to do it, you know? And I walked in and I broke up with him and we worked at the same place, which was a nightmare And the day I did it was a Saturday and I just, I mean, I was, I felt so sick. I was so, I felt so guilty and my bestie came over the next day and then it was funny. Her boyfriend at the time was like, how's she doing? And, (laughs) and she's like, well, I walked into Anna's apartment and she was making tons of oatmeal raisin cookies and she doesn't even like them because I had bought the fixings to make for the dude. And I was like, I gotta get it out of my house. But it was a really good lesson in Part of why you feel this bad is because I understood why he was also so confused, you know, and a big thing in breakups too, I think we have to all understand is like, it's not kind to give anybody false hope, you know, to try to soften the blow or whatever, which hopefully we're all learning by now. And I think we are, but in those moments, woof, fucking rough, right? Harder for me has been friend breakups and I had a bestie breakup I guess about two years ago now and then I had another one that was about god was it 10 years ago how is that even possible but yeah I guess it was and the one that was two years ago I guess I will be honest with y'all and give you the circumstances. I had just gotten some pretty intense news regarding a family member. And then my beloved dog died like two days later. And she called me drunk. Didn't it's like late, like midnight. Didn't remember my dog had died. That's how drunk she was. And then Which, okay, listen, am I breaking up and kicking someone out of my life and ending a friendship because they drunk dialed me on a bad day? No, I'm not. However, it was 
the repair that made me, once again, it's like, I remember it so vividly. I was like so upset, not just that she had drunk dialed, but when stuff had started to go down with me, because no joke, I like got a pretty significant piece of information on a Monday that was like kind of world shaking. And then my dog dies on a Wednesday that I, you know, am, am like hopelessly devoted to. So while this is going on, the way she's talking to me is about herself. And how she's concerned and really wants to show for me, but she's just going through a lot and all this stuff. And at this point, like, I'm not really asking for anything. I'm literally just being like, this is what's up. This is what's going on. This is, you know, and I'm a a little bit, to be honest, I think in shock because I'm just kind of like the fuck, you know, you wake up in your life is one way and, and then it's another. And so already in the back of my mind, I was a little bit like, I don't love that her first instinct is to sort of like assert herself and need for like what, you know? And then the drunk dialing and then what made the friendship no longer tenable for me or to go back to our definition to cease to exist as a unified whole was she couldn't really acknowledge what she had done and she couldn't really give me a real apology. And this was at this point, like the third time this had happened where rather than saying, you're right, that wasn't the coolest thing I've ever done. I'm sorry. She was defensive and deflective. And I was at the Agnes Pelton show at the Whitney was looking at it and really having this like profound moment. And I'm thinking about all the various losses in my life and what's going on and how once again, you know, I'm trying to keep myself in life intact when like stuff is, is at the gates. I was just like, I want a better best friend than this. This is not, I think I, deserve more than this. I think I deserve someone whose instinct is not to compete with me as to who gets like the emotional space and labor in the room. You know, it's like, I don't really want to work that stuff out with people. I want us to be adults enough to like kind of figure it out or something. I just was like, it was just really interesting. And I don't know how to fully articulate it without getting into full shit talking. But I just had this moment of clarity of like, this relationship is is reflective of an old pattern I've outgrown and I need to let go of this friendship. And I still miss that friend. And it's it, I would say she's someone who I had the most comedic connection with. Like, I would say all the time I still want to you know, be like, oh my God, look at this. They're like laugh about something. But from a real friendship feeling, seeing someone who I felt safe and could be my whole self with and things like that. Yeah, no, I started to see that a bit differently with some distance and see that like maybe that relationship wasn't serving me and wasn't really feeding the better parts of myself. So, but it's a bummer, you know what I mean? Like people don't need to be perfect to be in my life. However, ideally when shit's going down, you're you're not hurting me, you know, <laughs> pretty simple. And then the one that was 10 years ago, we had been best friends once again and more sisters, you know, I was her maid of honor. And then she just sort of, she got married and 
almost immediately started icing me out. And when I confronted her, he was like, no, just busy, you know? And I'm okay with it now. I mean, I have no choice to, but to be. But for a long, long, long time, I wondered a lot about that. I sure did. And it was rough when I had known from around the way that she was pregnant. And then I saw her husband on Tinder. So I did what any normal person does. And because I just was like, at this point, we weren't friends, hadn't been friends for years. And I... <laughs> I created an anonymous Gmail account and I was going to send it to her. And then I just was like, I didn't know what to do. Like if you're like a hundred months pregnant and like, do you want to know? I don't know. So I ended up not sending the screenshot, but, and I think that was maybe the moment I fully was like, she can't exist for me anymore because you know, like I felt this real conflict of like, she was my best friend. I have to tell her it's like, yeah, but she's, she's not anymore. She, and she's not in your life. And none of this concerns you and it sucks. And it's also like, I don't know what the circumstances are. Like he could have done it as a joke. She fully knows. I don't need to like kick up all this drama, you know, but I don't know what that says about me, but these friendships and breakups weighed on me more, I think, than some of the romantic ones. And then from working community, we had somebody send a really thoughtful email about, you know, breaking up like, or uh, yeah, breaking up, I would say like with communities. And I just want to acknowledge for everybody, like how deeply, deeply painful it is because all of this stuff and like with Nina, I think what Maybe she understood. Maybe she didn't. I don't know. It, and, it, and it doesn't really matter. It's not like it's her fault or anything. Is like this stuff. Like I was joking and I was joking to my therapist. I was like, everybody leaves me in the end, you know, that whenever there is a fracture of some kind or a loss, like it kicks up the ghost of every other loss, you know, it kicks up our feelings of not belonging or will we ever belong? You know, it kicks up our lack of control that like, there's nothing we can do. I think about the, you know, the people who've been married and built lives and the person comes home and says, I don't love you anymore. And I don't know how your brain does that. You know, I think that one of the hardest things to cope with is the loss of shared language, you know, that you have your inside jokes, you have your things, you call things, you have your shorthand for stuff. You have like a shared language that shortcuts and that feeling of being seen. And the person who sent us the email, I think it was Ellie. I'm pretty sure it was you who did. And it was so thoughtful and it really stuck with me because I could feel your pain about like, what do you do when people, environments, like I've been that way. I mean, in the time of COVID, a lot of us had have had to break up with places and people, you know, if our beliefs didn't align about vaccinations and things like that. And it has been this time of just heartbreak, you know, of just, I think it's painful for us 
because we're at odds in the sense of we need to be individual solid, you know, like solid beings in our own right, you know, yet we want to live in community. We want to partner with people. So it's this ebb and flow of really being yourself and staying in your own energy and realizing you are enough and whole as, as, as an entity on your own to then pair. So I guess when you do come apart, you know, you don't feel like a limb was torn out. But what was n- nice for me in some ways about Nina and I having this petite breakup was I realized I was more intact than I've maybe been in past ones, that it wasn't so hard to come back just to myself to be whole. Because I don't know. I mean, it's a podcast. Like the, it wasn't like there was too, too much intimacy in that regard, but that we weren't maybe as as intermingled as it, as it maybe felt or something like that. Uh, there was less commingling that it was easy to sort of go, okay, like how to reassess. But it can, it's so deeply painful to be brought back to ourselves when we were really enjoying what it felt like to be we, you know, it's so hard to come back to yourself and to not just fall, I think, into old narratives or giving your agency away by thinking your life will never be good again or powerful or whatever, whatever. There's so many different stories we tell. And today I wanted my dear friend, Eric Wiener, who is, she's just like a really, really genuinely cool person. She's an incredibly talented jewelry designer. She's a mom. She and her business partner, Lindsay, have been running Eric Wiener for approximately, I mean, I think she says close to 20 years. And when I hosted a retreat with Maha Rose, RIP. I guess they still kind of, they're kind of coming back. Um, It was the craziest thing because I was talking to her and for some reason we were talking about jewelry and I was like, oh my God, is this Erica Wiener? And I don't even know why that came to my mind. And it, and it was her and I was like, oh my God, I felt like a celebrity was like at my retreat. And she told this story about how her marriage broke up and what had happened. It was so incredible. It's a wild story, but also it was so potent the way that she told it that I asked her when I knew I was going to do this episode if she would tell the story on the pod. So please enjoy the wonderful Erica Wiener sharing her trauma with the class. Hi. You have the craziest breakup story I've ever heard. Would you be willing to come on and tell it on the podcast and something that will make me loyal to you for the rest of my life, not just the fact that you have all the pretty gems, but um, is the fact that you changed the subject line in the email in your reply to hell yes. Yep. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I feel like in some ways also is a good introduction for people to like your personality that you're like, I don't fuck around. If I commit, yeah. I'm in. And like... I don't know. I do most things to just uh, make myself laugh. So yes. Hell yes. Same. Same, same. So 
I mean, I know the breakup that I want you that we're, you know, we'll spend a little time, I think, because it's it's an incredible story. But in general, how do you feel about breakups? I think I'm coming around to thinking they're sort of positive in a way. I mean, way. they feel like such a fresh start to me. And the past few friends who've told me, oh, I'm in the middle of a divorce, like first words from me are always congratulations. Because like, <laughs> there's so much good stuff to come after that. I mean, of course, it's hard yeah. if, you, if you have kids, it's hard if you're sharing like pets or a house or anything, really. Of course, it's hard. But there's like so much new life after that. It can be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think sometimes like, I think something when I've been thinking about prepping for this is that with a lot of breakups or endings, it's like I kind of knew the whole time on some level or I don't know. I think um, as I get older as well and, you know, the idea of like meeting someone, getting married, having kids becomes like less and less what I think will happen because yeah. I'm old, yeah. you know, that my idea of what makes a relationship or something um any kind of partnership like successful has changed that I'm like it doesn't have to be forever or be like what we see on movies for something to be like a success or and I feel like so often I was delaying the inevitable or not breaking up or whatever because I was like just trying to like endure and I I'm more mad about all the the time I wasted versus like the pain of separation yeah you know there's this thing that people do where they bitch and complain about their significant other and they do it publicly or they do it on Instagram and they're like, ha ha, you know, I'm going to kill him. So it seems normal to be really disappointed <laughs> in your spouse or partner or yes. be like, okay, he's driving me really nuts or he's kind of being a shit. Like that seems really normal and it does not have to be normal. They don't have, you don't have to be with someone shitty, but um, people get really confused. I think when you're in it and you're, yeah. that's your life. Yeah, it is. It can be a little bit of an endurance race. It's interesting you say that because my mom's big thing is like the person in love gets to decide like when they break up. And I'm like, I think that's not right. I mean, like, yes, but I'm also like in my mom's case, I'm like, if you had listened to people like you would have saved yourself a bit. But it's like, I think especially in American culture, like we've normalized the shitty relationship, you know, we've like normalized yes. and the amount of friends to who will be like, well, you know how men are or, you know, like Eric and I are speaking in the context of straight relationships. I should say that I'm sure that in queer relationships, there's like all different kinds of fuckery. But I know in this in the context of straight, <laughs> there's like such a normalization of like unhappiness I feel like in relationships and yes their work yep. yes things are hard stuff like that but like I think if you are unhappy more often than you're happy like your first clue maybe to like check in and imagine a life with more opportunity like you said it can, it can be this like new beginning yeah it's so complicated because you can really just make yourself feel yes. like this is good this is fine and um things have gone south and you haven't really noticed because at one point your relationship yeah. was good and now it's just like yeah. still okay it's workable I think part of why I wanted you to tell your story and to talk to you about this is because for me as a reader I get so many people who come to me post breakup and they don't they don't trust their intuition anymore and they really doubt themselves like how could I have been with that person or how could I have ended up in that situation and I think that that is, well, in, and nine times out of 10, I go, it's not your fault. And, and somebody else's choices are never 
your fault. They're not. And it's our job to not internalize what people do to us as as us being deserving of bad behavior, you know. But it's interesting when I will kind of push sometimes and be like, let's be real. Were there really no signs? You know, like most of like often I love Marcella Crawl said this to me. She's like, it's not that you don't see red flags. It's that you dip them in bleach and you've got to quit dipping the red flags in bleach. And I think about that oh. all the time. And I've gotten better, I think, of of with any relationships kind of going like I, that, that could be a red flag I see fluttering in the breeze, you know, and I'm not going to dip it in bleach out of my discomfort, but it's it is uncomfortable because you're like, ooh, I'm sort of getting attached to this. Do I have to blow it up? You know, and this is for me, like I haven't built yeah. lives with people, uh, you know, like this is dating, you know, so I can walk. The stakes are much lower. I can walk away. But um, I think it's really interesting how often I think like romantic choices and partnerships and things like that and and intuition get convoluted because like we we don't always know who we're dealing with. We don't know. We know what someone's choosing to show or tell us. Like, so why are we beating ourselves up for the choices we're making, especially when that isn't honest? Yeah. Okay. So I am like, uh, what you see is what you get kind of person. Like I'll say what I mean and do things that like, I understand the results of my actions. Um, you know, whatever I do, there may be consequences. There are always consequences. And I assume Everyone else is like that too, especially if you decide to commit your life to somebody and they tell you that they have the same way of being. Um, you kind of believe that. Yeah. So that was my experience you, with that. Do you struggle? Like I'm, I'm similar cause I'm very like, and I'm, um, I'm also very like who wants to waste their time, yeah. you know? And has it been hard for you to really, internalize that like not everybody's like you that most people there is a little bit of of hidden there's an undercurrent I'm still struggling with same this. yeah I mean I'm an Aquarius so we're like a little bit of the <laughs> aliens of the zodiac yep. and we I don't know we don't understand people very well sometimes but no I assume that everyone thinks the same way as me and sees things yeah. generally the same way and it is like a total shock and disappointment when they don't yeah. So much stuff. I don't know if I feel this more than other people, but I feel like I'm just a little baby learning this lesson in my late 30s. I think that's like all of us when we're like, you know, whatever. I think we all, I don't know, have like three to five lessons that we just like keep having that we're like this again, you know, um, and we all feel that way because like often we'll see other people who are like, oh, yeah, like no one thinks the same. And you're like, you seem to really understand yeah, that. Like but they have other lessons they, they're not getting. Exactly. You know? But it is it's like that is always endlessly fascinating to me. So if you're ready and I apologize um, to everyone, you can hear the construction that's been going on behind my apartment for, I don't know, 4000 years. And they rudely didn't ask me if it was okay to be doing construction today during the record. Oh. But um, do you feel ready to walk us through your, your, your breakup tale? Sure. So I was around 29 years old. I started dating this guy. Um, and I've heard this, I was thinking about this on the way here. I've heard this thing said that you don't marry the love of your life. You marry the person you're with when you're 29. You ever heard that before? Interesting. I haven't heard that, but I think a lot of people leading up to 30, though, do feel a, pr- a pressure. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, 
I've been dating this guy and for Saturn a while. Oh, yeah, Saturn returns, and you're like, I'm going to get my shit together real fast, yeah. like right now, I gotta be an adult. and become an adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was bad timing because I'd been dating this guy who was like a musician and a bartender and seemed, you know, charming. Like I really liked his friends. He was really funny. Um, it's really cute. Been dating. After about eight years of dating, we got engaged and we got married. And we had been married for maybe a year, year and a half. And we'd been going through some really hard infertility stuff. Like mm. uh, I got a pretty gnarly diagnosis, uh, an autoimmune diagnosis that was, you know, a chronic condition I have to deal with for the rest of my life, live with and manage. And um, a bunch of losses, like miscarriages, failed IVF. And it was just clear that having kids was going to be really, really hard for me. So yeah. Had you always wanted kids? Like, were you, was that the plan oh, yeah, always for you? Like, want to find some, yeah. some dude, have some kid, you know? Yeah. I mean, for, yeah, for yeah. as long as I can remember, it was not a question for me. Will I gotcha. or won't I? Yeah. Um, I always thought about it. And I always thought about that as the future of my life. And, and I was right. That has been unwavering. And now I have two really awesome kids, but it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Yeah. Because, um, you know, right before we were about to embark on this kind of complicated, expensive IVF situation mm-hmm. that was a little more complicated than your average IVF situation, because I had all these issues, I decided to go with my best friend to Esalen, which is this retreat center in California. A lot of people know it from Mad Men, yeah. like the final scene of Mad Men. But it's a, it's a famous place where, where like, I think gestalt therapy was invented there and there's a lot of healing. People go there at the end of their lives to sort of get right with the fact that their lives are ending and they have the retreats. Yeah, and it's been around a a long time and like, it's funny because I remember you bringing it out when we met and I, my association with it was um, that for the hot springs, you, you have to be nude and and I was like, oh, is that true? And you were like, it is, you know, yeah, and you were like, and you true. see all types, all kinds of people, all ages. You're like, you see families. And I was like, yes. Erica, this is both like the best and worst news all at once, you know? And I didn't even know you're about to explode my brain further, but like I was, the nudeness. I, I was like, yeah, oh, that's how it was stuck in my brain. But it, it's, um, and it's in Big Sur, is it? Big Sur. Yeah. So beautiful therapeutic healing place you know energetically super strong and fiery and just a place people have been going for maybe thousands of years to heal in some way Mm -hmm. these hot springs um, have lithium in the water and they it's a magical Mm -hmm. super healing place and this wasn't the first time I'd been there I went uh, maybe four or five times before to study different like modalities of healing or therapeutic things I did Qigong intensive. This one I think was a yoga intensive, but I don't even remember because um, I was in the middle of some like eight hour yogic session. And I just, you don't have to stay in every class. Mm-hmm. You, you're allowed to walk around and do some like kookaloo, whatever <laughs> you want to do. You can, you know, mm-hmm. balance your chakras on the cliffs or like whatever. And people do the craziest shit. I mean, 
it attracts some nutbags. So I, I left go. the class because I was just, <laughs> you got to go. I got to go for oh the people God. watching and to see, you know, what it's, download comes for it's me. It's so special. It's, yeah, yeah. something's going to happen because what happened to me on this day, I was just feeling like itchy, like I was doing the yoga, but something, I was like, I'm going to like throw up or something. I'm going to, I just can't get comfortable in my skin. I don't want to be here. It doesn't smell right. I was just like, I was like, I got to take a walk. I got to get out of here. Everything was annoying me and you just felt weird. So I started walking and um, somehow I found myself with a pen and paper in hand. And um, I started writing, like journaling, which I have done throughout my childhood, but there was no, you know, I didn't bring a journal with me. I think I was writing on the back of a yeah. flyer or something. That's what you told me in the first telling that you were like, all of a sudden, all this all stuff sudden. started to come. To, you were like, I just knew I had to leave and start writing, but I had nothing to write with. And you got like a scrap of something. I was like. Yeah, I think I had one of those little golf pencils <laughs> that you leave like a, tell us how we're doing, <laughs> you know, like a little tiny three inch yeah. pencil. And I. You know, when you just feel like you got to get something out, like you just don't feel good, but you don't know what's going to make you feel good. It's like, you know, you're not hungry, but you're not tired. Yeah. And you're not like, just like Ugh. every day of my life. Yeah. After I, <laughs> <laughs> so, I was writing, didn't have anything I specifically wanted to write about, but I started writing and writing and writing. And the words that were coming out of my pencil, I was looking at them like, who the fuck is writing this? It was like, automatic writing. The words were sort of coming from somewhere else. It truly felt like someone was guiding my hand. Mm, yeah. And I had never really felt this before, but Esalen is the kind of place where you just like feel something you, you go with it, yeah. you know? And this was day four or five of being truly like heart open, mm. um, you know, clean food, nude in the hot springs, <laughs> like whales migrating. Crazy. It is a special heart opening place. And somehow my heart I got into this place um, where it was open enough and my everything, you know, yeah. I had been, it had been a lot of, a couple of years of, of grief and loss and fear and like medical trauma. And, you know, yeah. I was um, open enough and felt safe enough in that time and place to somehow let myself know that my husband had been cheating and it just came out. And it wasn't like, it just came out like you're, he's cheating on you. It was like specifics of when, where, who, like how long. Crazy. And some, it was like, became a letter to him. And it was like, you know what? I think you're with someone else. I think you're with someone else and it's been a while. And I think that you are with her right now. And it was, I was kind of like shaking my head. I was shaking my head like, what is this crazy place? Like, am I picking up a radio signal from right, someone else yeah. in my brain or something? Because this is not my, you know, husband who I love and have like a million inside jokes with. And we cook dinner every night yeah. and we share pets. So like, couldn't be. You, when you have like um, a, at this point, what, you have a 10-ish year relationship with? Yeah, it's been like eight years, shared friends, you know. You're newlyweds. A wedding. Like we're, we're married, yeah. but we've been together and lived together for many years. At this point in your relationship, as far as you're concerned, is like the only 
issue, quote unquote, like the fertility stuff? Is that the only thing that's kind of like the big stressor? I just can't imagine going to a place to like recover from something like medical stuff is so traumatizing. Anything with your body is so traumatizing and, and exhausting. And anytime to your vagina is involved, it's just so like oh, add wow. insult to injury. Like I had cervical cancer. So like I like I identify with the fertility people in that regard of just like having someone up in your business all the time is like not fun, you know, know that I can't imagine going to this place to like recover and like commune with myself, come back to myself (laughs) and getting this download. And to get ready for the next round of medical trauma, which requires a lot of you know, hope and like praying yes, and, and like mental so like bad. fortitude, you know, it takes yeah. to do, um, to go into anything like that. I think like, I just can't, do you have any memory like of how you felt when this was all coming through? Are you like, am I just writing a television pilot or on some level, did you know this is real? Like, this is really, this is happening. Like this is coming through me. It was so private and it was so, well, like I, I think I said to you, it was like getting a FedEx yeah. from the universe. Yes, it was which, just, it dropped into my yeah. brain fully formed. And like, there was no conscious part of me that thought this man was um, a cheater, a lifelong yeah, cheater. Okay. Even though, honestly, I can look back now and see some real clear signs as an, <laughs> as an older person now when I see other people, like when I, you know, some signs that might make people be like, ugh, duh. Like I, yeah. but, um, you know, like a lot of cheaters and like a lot of addicts, like people who do that kind of thing have really good ways of covering their ass. They want, yes. they don't want to get caught. They love the, you know, the yes. cheat, the lies, whatever. He always had a really, really fast and really watertight excuse for whatever it was like finding an article of women's clothing in the car that I would be like, who's this? this? And he'd be like, oh, this belongs to, a, I was doing a session with this woman who does, you know, plays this instrument and she was doing a session with the band and I gave her a ride home. Like he just, boom, had yeah. great excuses and we had a great relationship, you know. There was yeah. lots of fun, lots of laughing, lots of, it was kind of like domestic bliss and we were really psyched to have a kid, but he had a double life, baby. Okay, so you're writing all this and you're you're looking at it what do you do next? Do you just go have like a green juice and process? Like, what are you, Honestly, are you like, what the fuck? I got to get on a plane to New York. Like, what? no, what I did was <laughs> I put this written letter, which ended up being like six or seven pages, put it in my suitcase and yeah, like had a green juice and went back to yoga <laughs> and didn't think about it for the next two days. Like I was there with my best, yeah. best friend doing this you know, really intimate stuff, yeah. being naked, talking about our lives. And I didn't even mention it to her because it it was still sort of living in the FedEx yeah. box in my brain in the yes. hallway. I use that, by the way. Like I tell people, because I think it's such a, a perfect way to describe clear cognizance. Like when people will be like, how did you know that? I'm like, it just got dropped into my brain. And now I'll be like, it's like the universe sent me a FedEx. Because like people get it. Yeah, this happens it, to it, me all the time now. Like that was the beginning of me sort of understanding that I can know things and they come to me in this different form that it's not me imagining it. It's not me inventing it, but they just get like FedExed in and it's, it's yeah. got a different voice and a different quality. And it's like yeah. coming you know from somewhere not- else. I don't know if that's intuition. I mean, sometimes my current partner is like a not totally behind all of the like woo woo arts. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tell him about something that just got FedExed into my brain and I'll call it intuition. 
or I'll call it like yeah. a hunch or something. But what it really is, is like, uh, I don't know, there's a million words to describe it, but it's coming from somewhere else and it's a protective, um, it's usually right. It's usually yeah. the truth. Well, anything, um, well, the psychics, you know, like uh, Claire audience, Claire cognizance, all of that are really just heightened senses, you know? So what's funny is Eric and I met when she came to a retreat uh, that I was leading that was a lot about tarot and intuition. And she was like, I don't know. I think it's there. And I was like, she tells the story and I'm like, hello, like, should you <laughs> be leading this? Like, obvs, you're intuitive, you know? And it's funny to me as someone who like does that work for a living that like so many people are so aligned with their intuition unbeknownst to them. It's like th something like this will happen. And I'm like, well, what else would you call that? Like, regard I mean, whether or not you have a direct line to the universe and it sends you fed FedExes or, or not, like you're picking up on something that like you said isn't wrong like it's it's usually correct yeah. it's hard to hear the truth and identify it sometimes yes. though because at that moment that i did not want that to be the truth i thought i had a uh, pretty pretty uh, good chance at this life goal of having kids and i had this guy and everyone you know had a happy life i didn't want to blow it up you're like i did it i did it i've done it you know yeah, made it. So you're like, I'm going to go back to bonding with Bestie. I'm going to for forget that bizarro experience. And then I'm, and then you head back to New York. Headed back to New York. You know, I think first I, I met my husband with his family in somewhere else in California and had like a, ah. a vacation. I like hung out with his mom, who at that point was like my mom, you know, it had been yeah. a long relationship. And Got back to New York, and after a day or two, I was unpacking, and I found the letter. I was like, oh, yeah, this thing. That's whatever the fuck this is. Like, And I um, ended up back in New York City, and it had been a few days. I was unpacking my bags, found this letter, and I so had stored it in the back of my brain, like forgot that this FedEx had arrived, and was like, haha, I'm going to show it to him and be like, what can you possibly make of this? <laughs> because... I I just had this feeling. I was like, either it's it's just not true. It's I, I don't know what it is, but it's not true. And I I love him, and I oh. so I gave it to him. He, you were really convinced at that point, though it wasn't true. You were like, I just gotta I, say I something to get it off my chest no. or whatever. I don't know. I was all blissed out on the high of Big Sur. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. California and the beautiful. I, I don't know. I truly don't I'm know. I'm just impressed. It's, I think a lot of people would have put that in a box and then like put it in the the attic <laughs> at the very yeah. far corner. I think a lot of people would have ignored that. And I don't know. I've thought about it with myself a lot of I'm like, I either would have been the person who called like right after I had written that and been like, you have to tell, you know what I mean? Like, I think it would have either been immediate for me or like, Never. I think it's, I think your approach of being like real smooth about this is I like guess, fascinating. I mean, Anna, I think you're giving me too much credit because most of the moments <laughs> in, uh, surrounding this whole story were not smooth and were gnarly. But I the just... The way you're like staying composed during this is interesting to me. And I wonder if that's, you know, a coping mechanism. Or so. I feel like sometimes I go like freakishly calm when things happen where I'm like, okay, and we're going to deal with this. That that sounds a bit like the mode you were in. And also I was reading something that's um, kind of like how people get away with like duplicity and stuff is that we're so inclined, especially with the people we love to assume the best of them and to assume they're telling us the truth. And like yeah. so much of your story to me is like, 
a huge abuse of that, of, of someone just abusing the fact that you would just assume the best, not the worst, you know, that you would, that you're like, oh, of course that you gave someone a ride. Like this isn't, you're not cheating on me. You know, like yeah. yours is such a story of that, of like it being like, well, yeah, I'm not going to like not trust this person. I'm married to them. You I mean, know? I trusted him to like, uh, you know, he was yeah. going to be the father of my children and yeah. we had a whole I mean, life together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just seemed so off the wall. And we had this intimate mm -hmm. relationship. So I was like, you got to see what my cuckoo brain came up with at Esalen. Because Esalen is mm. crazy. <laughs> and I gave it to him and he went upstairs and took some time reading it. And it wasn't like I was waiting to be like, oh, which way is it going to go? I was like, right. how hard is he going to make fun of me that I was like on it? You know what? Mm -hmm. At this point, I'm thinking back and I can't even fully remember. But I do kind of remember that I thought about ripping it up and throwing away. I didn't want to mm -hmm. know, you know? I did want to right. know, but I didn't want to know. Um, I was on too much of a straight path. I was really focused on, on yeah. beating infertility. And I thought we both were. But he came down the stairs and he had the letter in his hand. And he's like, Erica, it's all true. I just can't believe it. I mean, did you throw up? How, do you remember how you felt in that moment? I can remember exactly where we were both standing and what was in the room. And I remember we ended up both like draining a bottle of tequila that night <laughs> because yeah. we both knew that we were fucked. Like we were both yeah. fucked and we sort of, like, I, can't I even think I was like, adrenaline. I think I was like, what? Like I laughed a little. I was like, what? And the real ouchie came the next morning when I woke up and I was like, I remember like waking up and saying out loud, like, oh, fuck. Because I knew I had to, um, like, it was just too insane. The, the allegations that I suddenly realized, like, he told me were all true. They were, it was like years of, of lying and bad, bad yeah. stuff. It wasn't like one oopsie, you know. No, it, it was like, uh, many, I was on a trip and no, it, no. No, no, no. And later we ended up going to kind of like couples therapy to sort of work out the details because. I didn't trust him to tell the truth at all. If he'd been lying, basically, like every day we were together. And I asked him in front of the therapist, I'm like, so how many women was it? Like 10? Like 100? And he's like, closer to 100. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, like what? in a way, was it so crazy that, like, how am I trying to articulate this? Was it so insane that that that, that was almost helpful? In yes. a, you know, like, yes. okay. I feel like if he had just like boned a chick, you maybe would have been like, I don't love that. But like, I love this. But let's work you could, through it. Yeah. And, you know, but like. This way it was like, oh, there's no way I can stay. It was like as if I'd found a yes. freezer full of like human heads or something. Exactly. I was like, yes, oh, yes. so it was, the decision is clear. The decision you know? is clear and it made it so much easier for me, Anna. And like, that is why when I see friends going through this thing where it's like, we truly just grew apart. And like, like that sounds fucking hard. This one, yes. he was such a, a dick that I was like, oh, I got to get out while the get is good. Because right, like, like, I actually, what I, that about 10 minutes after I woke up and said, oh, fuck, I, I had called up my three best friends and they were on their way over to help me pack up the house and get the fuck out. Which I think is also remarkable. I remember when you told me that, like, in less than 24 hours, you were, you were packed and, or like within 24 hours, you were packed and out. I'm like... Puff of smoke. Yeah, that was just it. How could I... I mean, I, I wasn't with him because I, like, 
keep choosing shitty guys who treat me badly. Like this was just kind of right. a, a bad uh, pick on my part. And I happen to be very trusting. I've never been like totally grifted by anyone before. And like right. my family of origin, like my parents don't behave that way to each other. It just like wasn't in my repertoire to be cheated on like that or lied to so much that I, I, I had like never seen the signs before. Right. And I have a pretty good sense of self and self-esteem. And I was like, oh shit, I just wasted a ton of time with this total dirt bag. I got to go. Not that it, I was like totally cool with it. I ended up like a fucking mess for a while and ended up um, staying with my best friend, this guy who lives in Chelsea. Um, fabulous, really, really compassionate guy I know from my theater days. And I just, I think I held his hand for two straight weeks. Like when I was in his apartment, I was just kind of clinging to him because he was like a safe man yeah. that I knew that wasn't going to hurt me. And I, oh my God, I was a, a mess. It was like, I was looking around a room and being like, I can see the floor there, but is that really a floor? Like, is anything real? Is anything what it seems? Is everything yeah. up for debate as to what's true and what's not? Well, that's what I was curious about. Like, since this is obviously like, I mean, I don't know that it's a bad pick on your part so much as someone who just utterly betrayed you and that's on him. But um, how much did it fuck with your sense of trust? I mean, it did it, was it so egregious and also like, not like isolated in a way? I mean, because obviously your lives are connected, you're in, intertwined, but like, was there something about how egregious it was that made it not easier to move through, but like it's it's almost clear. Like all you have to do is take care of yourself. Like all you have to do is is relearn like how to trust. And not and not saying like those are easy tasks. I'm not saying like all in that regard. But it's like like you were saying about, you know, the friends divorcing, like we grew apart. Like it's hard to explode someone's life because you fell out of love. You know, like that you you feel guilty. You feel this. Was it do you think it was an advantage for you? in your healing and recovering that like it was so egregious in some ways that it's just like I need to like code red I need to like I need to take care of myself like did you go into therapy like what was your protocol of putting yourself back together like it makes total sense to me that you would have been a bit clingy and like holding someone's hand because also too like my friend Nicholas is 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 a hand holder, especially when we, we've had some drinks. And I was thinking about it, how comforting that is sometimes. That, and like, it's the best when a little kid holds your hand. And like, especially one that like, isn't your own, you know, that you're like, what trust and like comfort and yeah. it's grounding. Like, it makes sense to me. You must have felt so untethered. Like... And like, what, which way is up, you know? Yeah. And, the, and also what the fuck is going on in your professional life when all of this is going down? Or are you just like, <laughs> I'm not a human for a couple of weeks. Bye. I mean, oh, I'm, no, I ended yeah. up working a lot, like throwing myself, thank God for work. And um, thank God for my business partner, who was one of the three best friends who helped me pick up, you know, pack up my life in the boxes and put them in a storage unit. Cause I would go into work every day and get to be normal there and mm -hmm. be like decisive and have, routines because after work I didn't have a home to go to you know right. I was living on my sister my little sister's couch she had roommates you know like she's younger than me and I was living on a couch and you're like what has my life become oh yeah I knew and you're not the one who did anything wrong too like you've left the home and you're like couch surfing but is he trying to contact you because I remember 
Oh yeah, the, the what what was it the the therapist when you went to the couples therapist because you were trying to that she also was like telling you to like be nicer to him or something. I forget what it, that's what my brain boiled it down to, but it was something <laughs> that like you yeah. weren't like empathizing enough with it, or like this is hard for him too. And I was like, did you murder her? You know, oh like God. when you told me that, like I I can't remember what it was. But she was like, the worst therapist in the world. The worst. Yeah. No, the things she said to me that I felt like was where I got up and walked out, where she was yes. like, Erica, you know what? You know, this guy came in a little before you and was telling me a few things, which of course is like so not allowed in couples therapy for yes. one person to go in and try to like fucking romance the therapist. Mm. And she said, <laughs> you know, he told me that you were the one who proposed to him. Do you think there's a reason that it's usually the man that proposes and not the woman? That's, and I was that's like- That's what it was. Are you- Ugh a real therapist I was like are you I'm I'm gonna leave now that's stupid he didn't have to say yes or walk down the aisle or get married or keep I was just like oh my god and like what are you what are you trying to imply like I think she was trying to imply that he didn't really want to be married he didn't really want to be with me and that I was like a little too like forceful of a woman or something yeah i mean i i get what she's trying to imply but it's also like so then what he did was okay like you deserved it then like i don't know what all i can say is this man is a very charismatic person mm. around women and this therapist was a woman and i think he might have like you know done the yeah the charm offensive to her and been like you know what i'm i just you know whatever he said to her because yeah. he would show up early and say stuff to her it was kind of emblematic of how the relationship was and it sucked. And I left that therapist and realized I was going to have to just kind of walk away. And I wanted to have children and wanted to have a partner. And I was currently deeply in hate with, with all men. I didn't know how yeah. I was ever going to trust one again. You're like, fuck now I have to date. Now like I have to fucking date. But actually that was the thing that was the most healing more than any other therapist. I, started hitting the apps pretty hard. Um, like <laughs> Tinder was the big one at the moment. And um, I was like, well, I got nothing to lose. And I definitely am not going to be in a, re a relationship anything anytime soon. Like no longer is a ticking biological clock going to be a problem because I can't have kids anyway. So let's see what's, what New York right. can throw at me. So like, you know, bought some new clothes, got my hair cut and went out there. And I met such awesome people. Like every single, well, not every single one, of course, you know how dating yeah. can be, but like there were quite a few people I dated who were like these almost like guides along my path to, mm. to healing. Mostly people. Yeah. And I, I got to see, oh my God, there's so many sensitive individuals out here who just want to be loved and love and most of them weren't right for me and then eventually I did get together with the person that was clearly another piece of intuition I was like oh this is what it's supposed to be mm. like like this is the guy and it was it, as impossible to ignore as you know the automatic writing in Esla yeah not like it's all perfect not like any relationship's perfect but um I had to take a good long while to be like okay, back to square, not even square one, like square zero. I have no home. I have no, I have a dog yeah. and I have like 
pretty awesome job and I have a pretty good sense of myself. And I just open-hearted went out to see what the universe had for me because I felt got kind of guided. Yeah. Had, yeah. It ended up being one of the, I like think about it so fondly now, probably because it's a, quite a few years ago, but I had such a great time. I lived with my sister and had so much fun and then got to fall in love again and had, yeah. two, had kids, ended up having kids. I that's the best part of this. She has two healthy, beautiful babies yeah. after many years of, of yeah. wanting beautiful babies. And I think a lot of people when they're betrayed or someone treats them a bit like they're maybe disposable, perhaps people get really st stuck, you know, like I think. I have a theory that sometimes it's like the first traumatic thing that's happened to people sometimes, but it's like they, they just can't believe it happened. You know, like I, I can't believe he left or I can't believe, you know, like they, they just can't, they, they don't get past that part. And I have no judgment towards that. I think it, it's something your brain's doing. I don't think it's within people's control. I find it so fascinating that you were like the opposite, that you were like, just running forward that you were like, I'm not going to get stuck here. I'm not going to get stuck, you know, keep asking, how could he have done this? You were like, I'm going to get a haircut. I'm going to get on the abs. I'm going to get back out there. Do you think some of that was the fertility that you were like, I know I want kids. So like, I can't just sit inside and wallow and question this. Or was it just like, or do you think your pain was like, it hurts too bad to like stay still, like keep going forward? I think Looking back, I could see that I, that the relationship wasn't, boy, I, it wasn't that fun anymore. Like mm -hmm. we started out the conversation by being like, mm, a lot of relationships are kind of miserable and that's normalized. Like, yeah. I kind of did feel like maybe this guy, these nagging feelings, like maybe he's not quite as smart as I am or quite as ambitious mm -hmm. as I wish he would be, or it's cool. I guess I'm going to make all the money for the rest of our lives or just kind of was like, there's a little bit of disappointment there. And it, as soon as just I like was not the right fit, maybe. It, oh, it definitely like... was the, it definitely wasn't the right fit. And I felt set free in some ways. Yeah. I don't know why it had to be such a violent kind of like right situation, but um, kind of the universe does that sometimes. I agree. And it's funny because I feel like I've always had to learn things in a really almost brutal way, you know? <laughs> and a friend said, oh, like I started asking the universe to teach me lessons in a gentle way or something. And I was like, we can do that. Um, and I started saying, <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to write that down, okay? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a good one. I, it's funny. It made me look at the where, like, if I didn't want to learn, you know, things in a brutal way, what did I have to start be willing to see, you know, so that it didn't yeah. have to be this huge confrontation? Like, what did yeah. I need to start paying attention, attention to or like how I felt or whatever? Something that I think also too that really sticks out in my mind and like why I wanted you to tell this story is that at this retreat, um, there was someone who had gone through a similar experience as you in terms of it, not just a divorce, but like a betrayal and just like this, what the fuck, you know? And 
I mean, like her story, I mean, it was bizarrely similar. Like, it was like, how the fuck did these two people end up at this place? Like, how are we, you know, like, and that's the thing when people will be like, I don't believe in coincidence or whatever. And I'm like, well, explain that to me. How was the person, like you were, I felt like the future talking to her and being like, you will yeah. survive. Yeah. You will get through this. You will put yourself back together in some sort of way. I think you know? she was like two, a couple weeks out of a betrayal. And I was oh, uh, like, yeah, already with the person I yeah. was going to end up, you know, sharing you already my life had, with. And I was like, yeah, let no. me share my story. Like this crone figure being like, it was, I have you were like, it. gather around. Gather around. And everyone did gather around. Everyone was like, I remember, I remember it so vividly. And it was funny because I don't think we knew what had happened to the other woman yet, you know, who had um, similarities with you. It's funny. I think it started because of Aslan and, and then I forget what it was. And you were like, I've got a, oh, it was dating. For some reason we were talking about dating. And you were like, I don't know. Like I, like after my divorce and blah, blah, blah. And, and she was like, oh, I'm, ugh, I can't even think about it yet. And I'm not there yet. And then you told your story and then she told us what had happened to her. And it was like, how did these people end up being here at the same time? And well, Anna, we're all psychics. That's why we all got there at the same time. It's so funny. And I laugh all the time with friends because like, you know, or like with Nina and I, like we'll both, we're like psychic friends network that it'll be like, <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. I was going to see if you wanted to do that or whatever. That it is all this that I do think it's like being like love and chemistry and like who you want to fuck is so confusing yeah. because it does open the door to self-betrayal. Yeah. Where like loyalty too. Like- yeah. And it's like, I love this person. I am willing to do stuff to make this work, but like, yeah. it's hard to know in the thick of it. And when you're like planning to have children with, with someone, like where the line is, where are you overlooking too much? Yeah. There's all these concepts of like forgiveness. Like yeah. we did annoying. No one's shit. perfect. And no one's perfect, but I made a promise in front of our family and friends to stick by him thick and thin, just thickness and health. So like even the annoying and disappointing stuff, I would totally just, be even more supportive and be like, how can I support you through this? And I assumed, you know, he was doing the same, but instead he was just, yeah, no, he channeled that out. He channeled that a different direction. Yeah. Um, different direction. I feel like sometimes in those situations when I've maybe been overlooking things or overlooking disappointments, I would say specifically, to be honest, disappointments of like, this person's maybe falling short, you know, I've had to look at like where I overcompensate and how to build up my own um, ability not to do that out of discomfort. Did you feel any sense of, of that, of like learning about what, like where you may be bridging that gap? I think, cause like you're, you're badass. Like you run a successful company, you do all these things. And I imagine it's um, what is it like for you now with your current partner about like maybe boundaries, I guess, or yeah. like not, or like, do you have to communicate differently? Are you saying like, it disappoints me that you did X? Like, did that change stuff for you in that regard? Yeah, it changed a lot. I mean, first big step is finding someone who has similar like values that can walk the walk too. And then after a couple of years together, it's a matter of putting in the work, like both sides, like uh, sure. couples therapy has been invaluable with a good couples counselor. <laughs> and it's not always easy. Sometimes I totally freak out. And, you know, once I found 
in our house, I found a pair of sunglasses that weren't mine, like a pair of women's sunglasses, and I lost mm. my shit, Anna. Like, I freaked out. I'm sure you did. How could you not? He, he kind of couldn't even understand, like, why I was freaking out. Yeah. It's so not his thing to treat. It's just not him. And I was like, oh, okay, there's a lot of this stuff is still lurking around. The distrust, the sort of suspicions. And it's not even, okay, so it's not always suspicion that there's cheating, like sexual stuff. Yeah. It's, it's other stuff. It's other truth withholding, thinking that maybe I am being lied to or being mm-hmm. misled in some other way. And then I can totally spiral, you know, but there's, there's two little kids to take care of. So there's, the stakes are higher. So I don't, uh, accountability, let's just say. Yeah. Accountability is, is there now and I demand more and um, mm. he is ready to deliver that and meet me because he's a really fucking smart and good person too. Yeah. Good dude. Good dude. What would you, what would you say to someone who's maybe going through a breakup that's laced with a lot of betrayal right now? I mean, I've, I feel like I am the shepherd to a couple people going through <laughs> that right now. Yeah. I try to sort of take the long, long view as that like crone figure mm. again and say like, congratulations, you are <laughs> in the fire right now, but there's so much pleasure and joy in your future that that's, you got to tell me this after it gets good. Like you got to tell me all the good things. <laughs> I want to hear all those things. She, and she actually means that you probably could DM yeah. or email her and she would want to, and if you're not signed up, if jewelry is not your thing, but like, you know, sign up for their newsletter still because you not only get to see beautiful things, but you get history lessons. And I've n- numerous times have responded to to the newsletter to just be like, oh, my God. And yeah, Erica will respond to you. So if you want to be like, I am a year into it and I am finding joy again, like she means that yes, she please. would want to hear it because I do think it's really important. I think like a lot of things that get like, again, like why I wanted you to talk about this was that uh, so much negative and sadness and trauma gets so much airtime, but I don't feel like recovery and repairing and like the work of how people like come back to themselves is not talked about. It's like all the struggle, but not when you get there and you move on to like the next stage, you know? And I think that you are like this lighthouse that shines so brightly of like this terrible thing happening to you doesn't have to end everything. Like you can. It's definitely not the end. Yeah. You can return to the world and you can, I think also like return to yourself. Like you can come back to yourself and that doesn't always, I feel like sometimes when things end or whatever, returning to yourself feels painful or it feels like disappointment or something. And I think you found this beautiful way to be like, fuck that. We are our own best friend. Like, how are we going to get ourselves back out there to, to get the life we want? Like, it feels like this intense loyalty to yourself fired is such a form of self-protection to get you through this horrible time. I'm just glad that people are going to get to hear about it. I find it so remarkable. Yeah, it, it, it's, it feels like we're tying it up real nice with a bow right now, but <laughs> it's messy. And I did like lean on wine really hard, drinking and drank, drank through it. And like, you know, not always perfect now or then. But, oh man, it was so great to just, be in New York City at that time and have that freedom. And I just opened my heart and I was like, I know something good is coming. It's, there's millions of people here. I have so much to give and I'm like, let it come at me. Yeah. 
I feel a bit that way in regards to my dad dying when I was young that of like the worst thing already happened. Like the worst, you know, like I think loss is what we're so afraid of all the time. And when you experience Mm -hmm. a sort of cataclysmic one, Mm -hmm. you're like, well, I'm kind of unfuck withable now, you know, like the worst. Exactly. When you, you do understand that it won't kill you in a way, like it does become this superpower. You do feel a little bit, I think, invincible. Not to say you don't have feelings, not to say it's not still devastating or whatever. Or that some terrible thing isn't coming up next. Well, exactly. Like, you know, but I do think that you, it, it, it helps you see, maybe some of that primal resilience or something um, before we wrap up. Cause I, you know, don't want to take your entire afternoon. Did he contact you? Did your ex st- still, did he try to get you back or anything like that? I was just curious about in terms of how outrageous his behavior was. Oh, hell no. I was hoping he was like counting his lucky stars that you just left. And like, that was it. Oh my or God. Did he pull some drama? There was a little drama. One, he was really mad that I left without paying the last month's rent. Oh my God. Because I think he didn't have enough money in his bank account to pay the entire month's rent. And he made a big stink about that. And then... um, (laughs) Oh my God. I know. That's kind of... It's just really sad. It is sad. No, he did end up being with the woman that he was with at the time. But he pulled the same shit on her. Just cheated on her. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Surprise. Cheated on her. She left. And I think, I, I don't know, no, no contact, haven't run into Good. him, and I don't think I'll ever have to. Yeah, hopefully you don't. And he's not welcome in your now bucolic, you know, life with your... Sometimes, yeah. Your beautiful... Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. With your beautiful kids. Where can people find you? You're on Instagram. I think it's just Erica Weiner, isn't it? Yeah. It's Erica Wiener, and the website is ericawiener.com, and um, that's where we are. Yeah. If you think you don't know her jewelry, guess again, you definitely, you do. It's funny, sometimes I feel like when people, you like say people's name, they're like, oh, do you know so-and-so? And they're like, no, I don't think so. And then I feel like it's your soul necklaces people are always like i know that you know it's yeah. it's it's always funny to me well, we've been at it for a while we've been at it for, true. Like, my business partner and i have been at it for almost 20 years now it's crazy so we're just not gonna let up yeah never we're gonna come find you with our jewelry <laughs> somehow you know some way well i i think we'll wrap out with that that erica and her business partner are gonna come find you <laughs> cool thanks anna thank you I think the power of hearing Erica's story is hearing how incredibly strong and intact she is. I just wanted to, for anyone who's going through a heartbreak or, you know, a breakup right now, I love uh, Sai Swoon on the Instagram. Gabby, I think you say her last name a brow. I'm not sure. But she wrote a little guide, How to Heal Heartbreak. Decide to heal, be physically prepared, crying. When emotions get big, don't make any sudden movements. Mute and block. Agree with that. Do not identify every low emotion with the heartbreak. Recall the incompatibilities. And she goes on to, you know, really back up these bullet points. Talk to people about it, then don't actively change your thoughts. Accept that it's over. Accept your pain. Reconnect with your body. 
hang out with your real friends, leave town if you can, narrate yourself as if in a movie. Remember, you're stronger than you feel and time passes quicker than you can imagine. One day this event will just be a small set of poems in your journal or a set of photos that do nothing other than make you laugh at what you were wearing at the time. Everyone has been deeply hurt or disrespected by another person at least once in their lives and you are not alone. You will wake up and recognize yourself again and it will be grand. It will be bigger than anything. And that is true. We're all able to come back to ourselves. We're all able to repair ourselves. And I think that if you can look at, maybe we all look at Kintsugi, the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery by mending the areas of breakage with gold. Like maybe we have to think of breakups as times that we can repair ourselves with gold. So listen to some Fiona Apple or, I mean, that's my go-to with any sort of breakup. I'm sure that there's better or not better, but I'm sure there's some, some more recent people, but listen to the music, wail, and then pick yourself back up and get back out there. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you all next week. Bye. That's all for today. If you're interested in submitting a topic, please go to anatonk.com and hit the contact button. Or you can email me at anatonk at gmail.com. If you're a fan of the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help. <laughs>